It's time for the movie raid, and tonight's victim is actor James Babson, who's played in Hellboy, played Solomon Kane. What's going on? So, what have you been doing this the past few weeks? Well, um, these days, auditions, man. Just hitting it, hitting the audition scene. I did um, a couple of projects this summer, which were really uh, interesting, actually. I, uh, back in February, I was in uh, Prague in the Czech Republic for two months doing a film called The Last Night, starring Clive Owen and Morgan Freeman, and that was a blast, man. Directed by Kaz Kiria, uh, who's just a badass director, and um, very visual, very cool stuff. Kind of an action-adventure movie. And after that, I did I did a really cool short by a director named Neil Sandlands called Germination, which was um, sort of a semi-political um, take on the Monsanto situation for this uh, short film festival. And that uh, made the rounds, and yeah, that was very cool. Um, I did a pilot presentation um, for this project called Nasty Girls, where I play a warden in all-female prison, and I'm, like, trying to train these chicks to, like, dance. I'm, like, a closeted choreographer, <laughs> so I'm trying to, like, teach these women discipline through dance. Basically, like, you know, you ever see those, like, Thai prison-like videos where, like, they're, like, making prisoners do, like, dancing and choreography for, like, as, like, a form of discipline? Have you ever seen those? Like, online, yeah. they're pretty hilarious. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, like, it's kind of spoofing on that a bit and that's the total ridiculous comedy and we're kind of in the process of seeing like where that's going to go we just got like a pilot for that and um in re and, some, and that was probably in that was at the end of the summer and then you know just auditioning and doing some uh voice work and do like a lot of like japanese video games and stuff like that so when i'm not like when i'm not doing the on-camera stuff i do like to do voiceover work as well and you know for commercials and stuff like that just to kind of keep everything moving but yeah i've had a couple of uh couple of fun it's been an interesting year actually a lot of creative projects so it's been interesting it's been good before playing as playing a role what would you expect out of, out of the performance or at least hope to expect i think um you know preparedness is key you know uh, whatever you're walking into um whether it's a low budget short film whether it's an 80 million dollar big ass movie with tons of movie stars and stuff like that you know when in doubt um just prepare because, you know, when you're on film sets, you don't get a lot of rehearsal time, you know? Uh, I come from a theater background, and, and you've had weeks to develop a character, to work with the director, production designer, costume designer, to really build piece by piece the character. So by the time you are ready to take off and, and do it live on stage, you know, you've, you've got all the pieces there, and then you just kind of fly, like, it's like fucking jumping out of a plane, you know? Um, on a film set, you can show up, and they could change all your lines on the day, and you have one camera rehearsal and then you go. So I think the key is to get a real sense of character and do your homework. So by the time you get to set, you know, you're there. And, you know, when I started having an opportunity to work alongside well-known actors, some, you know, icons and stuff, and to sometimes on a couple occasions, like kind of like heroes of mine, I was fucking nervous, you know, like, how do I do this? And it's like, all you do is just match, match their energy, you know? Like if you've got a scene with John Connery, or you've got a scene with any whoever it is, if you're nervous in any way, you just gotta, you know, your acting partner is always giving you something, and the idea is to just match it and to to play to play ball with it. You know, it's like a tennis match. So I think that in regards to that, I think that's what all you can really expect is is to just be just to be present with the other actor and listen to the director. And if you're not the lead role, you don't get a take two. You know, you you do it once and that's it. So, you, you know, maybe twice. 
and they're moving on. And then later, and you know, they're not focusing on you so much sometimes, you know. And so it's only in the editing room where they're going, oh, fuck, that was pretty good, or that didn't work, or whatever. So you really got to be keen, man. You got to be really, really sharp when you hit that set. Yeah, and sometimes actors treat it as purely just a job. Well, it is a job, yes, but... Yeah. But as far as playing the character, they just do the character and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think every, you know, like any art form, there's just different types of people do it for different types of reasons, you know. There are people who could give a shit about the creative process at all. They have a look, they can memorize lines, they can walk and hit their mark and they make great money and they don't even really think about it. And there are actors who are, you know, in 99-seat theaters, <clears throat> or, you know, in L.A. and New York and, and Europe or wherever who are just doing doing it for the sake of doing it. And some of the most creative things you've ever seen are done in those places and done by actors you'll never hear of, ever. You know, uh, they just it's its just for the love of the game. And so, you know, I went to, uh, I went to drama school and, you know, spent years, you know, developing a methodology towards, like, approaching acting work and having an opportunity to break down scripts and script analysis and character development and movement and voice. And for me, that's what, that's what I love, man. And so even if it's a, even if it's one scene where you're running through an alley, you know, a fucking, you know, running down the street screaming for your life and getting killed or whatever, you know, like some very, you gotta be believable because that's the, that's the thing. See, I, I have a hard time relating to actors who don't approach, approach it in some sort of creative way. I don't know, it's, it's a very, you have to be believable, you know, in any scenario. And to me that takes some skill and some, some you know, clarity. But, you know, some people are just super really natural at this kind of stuff and they don't, you know, they don't overthink it and they just do it and good for them, you know. I mean, but I kind of try to, you know, get in, do my homework and, 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 and so when I, when it is time to, to roll camera, I'm ready to go, you know. Yeah, it's, even if it's as little role as just being in a crowd, playing as an extra, if you're in a crowd... Yeah, you know, if, you're, if you're playing like shopkeeper number five, you got to be as good as Al Pacino in that scene. And you got to, you know, here's your change, sir. You know, you got to, whatever your line is, you, you cannot stand out. In, a, in any way you're not supposed to stand out but you're supposed to be good enough to just match the energy of the room and the believability of the scene in the scenario and so those little parts are really hard to play it's a lot easier to have a nice big speech because you break it down into bits and you build an arc and you you have a like a, a road map right and so you you're, you're you're helped along by the text and by by um the character that you've developed but when you have these little bits and i've done a lot of them i've done a lot of like little just hey there you know like whatever and it's they're easy to fuck up believe me <laughs> it's like yeah. they're not those are tricky and so you gotta be a lot of you know it's like anything um it's like when you watch sports and, and you see these uh, athletes who just make it look so damn easy you know and and you go out there and try to do it and you fall on your ass like instantly you know like a lot of act a lot of people and film fans too like people who want to get into movies like, oh man it looks so much fun and i just want to run you know jump around and jump on set and play a character i'm like well good luck man because you know there's there's a crew there's a script there's marks to be met there's you know you've got it, it it's a whole other thing it, which is quite challenging and i think it's our job as film actors to be present and to be dexterous you know you gotta hit your mark and do all this kind of shit that has nothing to do with you know your inner life as an actor it's all kind of like technical stuff and that um and that's that's challenging it's, it's harder than it than it seems i think to do it well to do it really well i think it takes a certain skill set that 
I'm humbled by and, and always challenged by, actually. You know, brings back to the whole rock star scenario. It's like they want to do this and this and assume they're going to get lots of money. Well, that even that becomes a bigger challenge uh, with these other companies. Even if it's a upcoming uh, independent company, you never know what you're going to get into first. Right. Nobody sets out to make like a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, in, unless for some weird tax reasons or something. But you go into it thinking. This is going to be great, you know, whether it's a short film, whether it's a whatever, whatever, student film, whether it's a huge budget movie, you go into it with the best intention and you give it your all. And then, you know, whether it succeeds or not is, is really, especially as an actor, totally out of your hands. I mean, literally, you, you do your bit and you move on and you make a cut. I've been cut out of a bunch of stuff. And it's not because of the performance, you know, it's because just it didn't work with the story or whatever, or sometimes stuff is just bad. You know, it just doesn't work. It doesn't gel. There's a lot of elements to make something really good. Everything has to be in place. And um, I think some, yeah, there's a misnomer, I think, you know, or a misconception, I should say, about this kind of work. Because when something looks kind of fun and easy to do, they assume that it's fun and easy to do, and it's not, not the case. And, you know, in, in regards to money, it depends on the budget of the film. You know, I mean, a lot of people think actors make tons of cash, and some certainly do. Many don't. A lot of these films you see and you love are under $2 million budgets or under 100000 you know, you're making 100 bucks a day, 200 bucks a day. It's not like crazy cash, you know, depending on what the budget of the film is. So there's a lot of elements people don't really realize. Yeah, it's like layers of factors you have to go through before you can actually accept, okay, well, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's so much, all you got to worry about, you know, actors should really, you know, is it in it? Is it interesting? Do you want to do it? I mean, I think actors will take money jobs because they need money, and maybe the character's not that interesting or it's poorly written, and they just go for it. But even then, you give it your best shot, you know, and then sometimes actors get pegged into, like, you know, you might get a character that doesn't suit you that well, but you do it, and it's okay, but you might get known for that role. And suddenly, oh, you're the hillbilly fix-it guy in that one show, and you don't even enjoy yourself, but it happens to pay a lot of money, and suddenly, that's what you're known for, and you're never able to really flex your muscles again. So it's a very precarious thing. You never, you got to really be, I think even when you're doing, regardless of what you're choosing to do as a project, I think you should always ask yourself, like, is this something I want to do? Is this something I can do well? Is this something that suits me? Be careful what you wish for. You know, bad acting is just, it's, it's, it's not being believable. You yeah. know, you can look at people would, you know, rag on certain actors in certain movies and saying they were terrible. It's like, they just weren't believable, and maybe they didn't have the time it took, they didn't take the time to work on it properly, or they thought they could do it well, and they didn't, and it was too late to recast them, and they, you know, you get stuck. You gotta be really careful, because that lives forever. Your performance lives forever on film, and people can always reference it and bring it up, and it can really bite you in the ass, so for actors, I think that you should be really mindful of the choices you make, and the characters you decide to play. Yeah. Because it's there, man. It's, it exists, and, you know, it's not the end of the world. I mean, you have even the best actors alive have had done some stupid shit. You know what I mean? You can't... If the writing isn't good, it's almost impossible to make it good. It really is. It, it's it's almost impossible, actually. But you, you've you been in television as well. Yeah, I've done a bit of TV. Um, I haven't done... Uh, I've done mostly features. I had a bit on NCIS LA last year, LL Cool J and Chris O'Donnell playing this, like, medic. And then I did um, an episode of Monk where I played this, like, obnoxious Broadway actor which was kind of fun to, like, have an opportunity to play, like, a real cheese ball. Um, I had a small bit in this show uh, called Traffic Light that's no longer where I played this, like, British head of security. Yeah, I've, done a, 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 I've done that, and I've done a lot of, like, TV movies. I played Rudolf Hess in this Hitler movie about nine or ten years ago with Robert Carlyle, and that was 
such a sort of uh, notorious figure in history, and just that whole, and, and even just jumping into the world of, you know, in 1930s, 1920s, 30s Germany, um, was was wild, man. I mean, absolutely wild. You know, we'd be walking down the street, and the whole town square we're shooting in the Czech Republic was blocked off with swastikas and stuff like that, and it's just like, holy shit, man. It becomes very real when you're doing period pieces, and I've had an opportunity to do a lot of them. It really makes the world come alive, you know, when you get to see, like, the, the magnitude of, you know, the production design. It really makes it believable. It really helps as an actor, too, because it's, 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 it's as real as it's going to get, man. I mean, next to the real thing, you know. It's, uh, you know, you've got buildings draped in, uh, like I said, swastikas, and you've got all the period, you know, set dressings and costumes. And you know, working with Robert was amazing. He's just an incredible actor and really underrated, I think. Um, to me, I just think he's one of the best. Um, so that was a really, that was like my first TV experience, actually. And um, yes, yeah, fantastic, fantastic, really excellent, excellent guy. He played, he was, he did an excellent job playing Hitler. Well, based on your experience, was it, is it actually a better benefit for you working in the television compared to film? I'd love to do TV and more of it. Um, I don't really get asked to do it, and I, I, I that much. I, I certainly audition for it and. Sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. I mean, the money is drastically different. Um, the money in television is excellent. And again, unless you're, depending on your, you know, marketability and marquee value, um, generally, if you're making SAG scale, you know, you might make, you know, a thousand bucks a day or something like that in a movie. But if you only have five days of work, you know, that's what you get, right? And then there's some residuals that come with that. Whereas in TV, you know, your guest star, you're making four or five grand a week. If you're a regular on a show, you're making at least 30 a week or per episode. You know, so you're, it's just, the money is amazing. So I think a lot of actors are drawn to television because it's steady work. And you get to, you know, whereas a film, you've got, you know, let's say one, sometimes one month to six months or more of shooting. And that's it for one, two hour film, two and a half hour movie. And whereas in TV, every week you get to jump up and, and just work all the time. They make these little mini movies, you know, all the time. And so it's regular work. It's great. It's just great to be able to flex and to work that consistently, consistently, and make money. I think it's a goal for a lot of act for a lot of actors these days to you know be a, be on a show. It's steady money, man. Whereas film is, I like the process of film. It's a slower process, and it the single camera kind of setups. And I, I like it. You know, I just like the I like the kind of speed and pacing of film um, a lot. But um, yeah, TV is something I'm more than open to. You know, it's it's. Uh, Everybody needs a paycheck, you know. Yeah. And there's great TV, man. There's there's excellent stuff on TV. I mean, like you know, you know, Breaking Bad, the phenomenon that that's become. Oh right? yeah. Where well, that's just a dream. Fantastic, you know. Or just the New Black is a great show. I have some friends who write on that, and um, and I've had a great experience with it. And there's and that's I mean you can't really ask for more. I mean you're doing creative work for a great paycheck, and to millions of people who can appreciate what you're trying to do, and to you know, and with the fan support, it'll help you be marketable for more work, right? You need that audience. You need to build an audience. And so, I mean, there's some really exciting things happening in TV, especially because of the uh, popularity of streaming and kind of quote-unquote binge-watching and all this kind of jazz and, and stuff on Netflix. There's just many more, there's many more markets and, and outlets for people to watch. People are watching movies on their iPhones and watching TV and their iPads and whatever. You know, there's, the format's just changed, you know, and so... Yeah, everything's all digital. It, it's there's all a ton out there. More, just a lot more shows out because of it. They're not they're not tied to just the network stuff or just a few cable channels, you know. 
So there's more, in a way, there's more work, but there's also more actors. I mean, out here in L.A., you've got people from all over the world trying to, um, trying to get in on it. So it's highly saturated. Um, but, yeah, man, there's, there's a lot of exciting things going on in television, actually. Excellent things going on. So right now, there's some really great movies out right now, but a lot of movies that come out just suck, man. So it's, you know, people are more psyched to, to just stick with the characters they know and appreciate on TV, actually. Yeah, and sometimes well-known actors that have been in film for, let's say, for example, 20 years or more, uh, sometimes lose between themselves and the character they play. Like, you just see the the person, not the actor that's playing the character. It's just total immersion. You know, I mean, if you watch Brian Cranston, it's like a, it's like a master class in, t- in film and camera acting. And watching someone like all those actors in that show just really, yeah... Because they have weeks and weeks and weeks to build, build, build the character like a, like a like in theater, but it's for months and and sometimes and, and years. So they really, you know, they really dig in. It's a total. It must be a, a complete thrill for those actors to be able to have that opportunity. Because then, in turn, it makes it more believable and exciting, and which in turn makes audiences really dig it. You know, and they believe it because people, for whatever reason, we want to see ourselves on that screen. People want to see believable characters. They want to. They want to get lost in that world and that is the duty of an actor is to to bring that writer's those writers that, that writer's words to life and to really you know uh, allow the audience in and to kind of lose themselves you know and on a great show you really do it you know you do it and uh so yeah it's, it's, it's great i think it's an exciting time actually it's kind of like an off and on thing or uh, a balanced thing uh, like they want to mainly go to television because it's so booming now with like you said with these great shows and there are a lot of great shows on there now I mean, compared to film it's like all these films they come out and then they go bomb yeah they bomb and they're gone man they're out of the theaters in like a week and then they're straight and then people forget about them and tv has this life you know and it's difficult for actors coming up who aren't established and they're still kind of getting their head in the game because it used to be that film actors would never dream of doing television you know or television actors you'd never see on the big screen and if you did you'd say well what are they doing up there they're a tv actor and now film actors do tv 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 actors do movies movie stars do voiceovers and tv commercials and so for the actors who made a living just doing your commercials and voiceovers and some guest stars and TV and stuff are now competing with these very well you know, established actors. And it's really hard, you know, and it's, so it's in a way it's hard becoming more of a challenge for your kind of typical jobbing actor who may or may not want, you know, set out to be some massive movie star, but they want to work regularly. And now they're, they're up against George Clooney or Sean Penn for, a, you know, a guest star and something. It's like, well, you know, so it's, there's a lot of opportunity, but there's also like once you've established yourself as a, a, a well-respected actor, you know you've got offers all over the place for, for every type, for all mediums of, of entertainment, and you know, as far as like film and TV and voiceover go, the commercials go. You know that's the downside in a way for for many of us who are kind of still keeping our heads in the game. You know, you're you're you're, you're up against um, actors who are more known and have done a lot more work or more established, let's say, you know. Yeah, you just got to keep pushing regardless, even if, even if you are... Do your thing, man. Just just show up, knock it out of the park, and hope that you have good representation and hope that people are really, you know, that you've got other ways of getting in it. And just being authentic, you know, and, you know, and also just get a, you got to hobnob a bit and socialize and, you know, half the time you get gigs rubbing elbows with people at parties and shit because people are, oh, I'm doing this project. Oh, why don't you come and read for me? And it's really kind of casual and you can get a lot of work kind of innocuous ways, you know, through uh, 
meeting somebody at a party or at the coffee shop or something. You know, sometimes that's, <laughs> that's how it happens versus just going in, like just slating your name and doing your audition for a casting director and then, you know, leaving and filing out of the place with like, you know, 50 dudes in the, in the waiting room who look just like you. It's like, okay. And yeah. so it's, it's a, like a lottery half the time getting, getting, getting any work. So yeah, when I have an opportunity to do it, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy. You know, like I, like I, I when I went to, I went to Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh and, and studied acting there and then moved to New York and had no intention of doing film at all or no desire at all. I just, I didn't even associate acting with film acting, which sounds really weird because I'm a, a big movie fan, but I just, I never done it. So I just, when I, I decided to move to Prague in uh, 2001, do a play well not move I decided to go do a production of Hamlet there with some friends in the Czech Republic and I went up staying for several years and there suddenly I would you know I met with um, a great agency and a great casting director who are still really dear friends of mine and I wound up getting work all the time and I, I got like an education in film acting that way and I started respecting it and I realized oh wow this is actually a way to make a living and also get your face out there but I still miss theater a lot actually I think theater is really like a, it's like a martial art you know it's a way of of keeping yourself really grounded and to really explore all angles and sides of what uh, a character can be it's a really kind of a magical thing for lack of a better word yeah and that's that's what kind of drew me to, to LA after being in Prague for so many years and I wound up doing Hellboy and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and um, that Hitler film that I did I had a couple of days on Roman Polanski's Oliver Twist where I had like three lines but I just did it because it's fucking Roman Polanski and that was really exciting just to even be in the same room with that guy let alone like watching him watch me through his viewfinder and I'm like holy shit it's Roman Polanski you know mm-hmm. and Guillermo del Toro working with him is amazing and just all these incredible experiences I was able to have just almost by accident having been out in LA now about seven years it's like oh shit it's back to kind of reality where you're, the competition's much harder and it, there's just so many other actors trying to do their thing that it's you know you, you, you gotta really 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 keep focused on it you know because I, uh, the theater thing some I know some excellent actors out here who do a lot of theater and there's a lot of great stuff in LA and believe it or not some people like to think that there's not much going on out here but there's loads but it's just there's no money in it man there's no money in it and mm-hmm. so you gotta make a living you have to make a living somehow and so yeah well, when it comes to these films like when they use massive budget billions of dollars for this for this film a lot of them will do this and then a lot of them will go just bombed and uh, the question is have you ever gone to a theater and put yourself watching the film and see that what the your own perspective view on, on this matter like have I watched the movie that I'm in you mean or well, I, you go to to see any movie that that you are interested in and see yourself as to why these films have s- such a big budget but yet they either lose money because of lack of story or lack of time like what's the ex- like why doesn't it work you mean yeah because you you're putting yourself when you're watching the film you are the critic instead of the actor you know on the other side of the screen yeah, I mean, if I'm just a fan like everyone else, you know, I mean, I go to the movies to get blown away, and, you know, and I, I love movies like The Next Guy, and the only time I'm weird about watching a film is when I'm in it, because I was there a lot of the time, and I know all the mechanics, it's hard to kind of suspend my disbelief on what I'm do- seeing something I've done, but sure, man, I mean, I watch movies, but like, I watched 42, for instance, I don't know why I would see that, but I went with some friends, that Jackie Robinson film, right? And I was just, we were all laughing through the whole damn thing. And people loved, some people loved that movie, but it was just so kind of corny and 
it was too like on the nose it was too like sentimental and and my thing was like the writing it was like a movie of the week or something where it's just not that interesting to me and even though and what a fascinating guy what a fascinating history race uh relations being what they were and just the whole history of what that man had been through and i'm watching this movie and, it was, and the actors are fine i mean and you know uh harrison ford was really interesting but i was just like what the fuck is this and it was just it did there was no heart in it so for me that was just maybe the writing you know and just the in the direction and that's just my opinion i mean some people might think it was the best movie they've ever seen i mean what do i know it's just my opinion i just it left me kind of like cold i didn't really give a fuck i think different things will take different people out of the film you know i don't pay a lot of attention to film critics because you know I, i'm curious about it i think we need critics and I, I, i'm not against critics but you know i've been in films that i thought were hilarious that critics hated you know and i'm like what's their deal man like it, it depends on like where you are that day like what did you eat that day who did you have a fight with your girlfriend did you we as audience members we bring our own issues to the table as audience members you know as when we're watching it it's filtered through something you might be in the mood to really want to like something you know so you're more forgivable more forgiving you might be kind of in a pissy mood and you or you think oh this is probably going to suck and so you're watching this movie thinking it's probably going to suck and it probably will yeah. so i think there are different reasons why things work and i think sometimes there's a pile-on effect where a bunch of reviews come out from a, for, for a film and it's pretty negative so everyone else jumps on that bandwagon and everybody else they go to see the movie just to see how bad it could be and so it becomes kind of a snowball like a psychological effect and it's hard to really know what is working and what isn't working yeah because they'll they'll read the review as like oh did you hear it, it sucked did you see it no oh, why don't you go see it and see if what on your opinion about it rather than reading what everyone else says yeah, dude, if I sat down and like, hey, dude, watch this movie, it sucks, you're going to be, like, waiting for all the shitty stuff to happen. And so you, it, it becomes kind of a psychological thing. I mean, I, I did this film um, called Ghost Team One that's just been released on Blu-ray, and I thought it was hilarious. I mean, I played this, like, pervy professor of sexual history, like, in this, like, haunted house kind of 20-something silly-ass comedy with some excellent actors uh, and great direction, and we had a blast super low budget and the reviews were scathing you know like what is this thing except obviously enough the new york times thought it was great so the most highbrow paper out there thought a very kind of lowbrow comedy was was good which i thought was kind of great actually but a lot of people just jump like what is this shit and i'm like these are very talented people actually and you know it's a limited budget there's limited time a lot of it's improvised some of it works some of it doesn't but the actors did it i thought were really talented and it was really silly and i had a great time so you know what what do i know you know who knows i mean you never know why people don't like things and i think it becomes a contagious it's like a contagious thing where people start ripping on something and everybody just rips on it you know and it because it's so easy to be a critic and i'm like how many movies has have you know these film critics made you know and so it's it's a it's an interesting thing question you're asking because you know why does something work and why does it work i mean it's usually it's if, if there's really good right it, it's a, it's a total ensemble it's an ensemble piece you know you're only you, you, your director is only as good as his dp only as good as his production designer costume designer grip electric you know actors producers um line producers you know everything there's so many elements that go into making a film and it's and it's, so when it really does work on all levels it is amazing and i and i think it's a real it's it's, it's almost a miracle actually because there's so many other factors at play but there can't be a disclaimer at the end of a movie you have to, it has to just ultimately you're asking people to pay money so it should it should uh, deliver so in a way it's good 
kind of high, but it also can create this mob psychology of just people just loving to rip on things. Because it's funny reading a bad review, you know? Sometimes you read a review that's really bad, and you're like, ha, 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 like the writer. You can tell that the writer's just kind of getting off and being kind of clever about hating something. Yeah, and then you sitting there looking at the, the film, so I was like, well, I actually like this or this or this. Yeah, like, I, I was like, it. I mean, wait, it's not, the, you know, Ghost Team 1 is a laugh, man. It's not trying to be the godfather. You know, it's 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 about a couple of dudes who uh, try to get in this girl's pants by pretending their house is haunted because she's really into ghosts, and they make this whole documentary about it, and it turns out their house is actually haunted by, like, a 19th century prostitute, and it's this whole, like, stupid... It's funny, man. It's, like, it's not trying to be... Um, it's not masterpiece theater. And I think you need to know what you're walking into, and some people do the same with action movies and horror movies, and they're like, oh, this is just B-movie, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, that's what it's trying to be. So there's an audience for everything. I think ultimately, though, man, fundamentally, believability, right? And it's, which means, you know, believability as a, as as far as the writing goes, as far as the acting goes, and, and the whole production design goes. And if it's a B-movie, then it's intentionally schlocky anyway. And there is an art to that. You know, there's an art to making something kind of cheesy, too. Sometimes there's just some terrible shit out there that just, you know, troll, yeah. too. And yeah, like they just throw it in there. Hilarious flops that just become kind of iconic films. Yeah, I've, there's so, there's so many out there. Yeah, they just throw it in so there. Bad. And that's fun, too. I mean, there's a, there, it's like music, man. There's a song for every occasion. There's a movie for any occasion. There's, you don't have to be locked into. I get mystified when people get locked into, like, oh, I like one genre. I'm like this guy or that guy. I'm like, well, I'm not always in the mood for a horror movie. I like horror movies. They're fun, but I'm not going to watch that shit every day. That's almost psychotic. It depends on your mood. It depends on what you're... I think you should be able to watch anything and appreciate it, actually. Yeah. That's the way about music as well. But, um, you know, or art in general, it's like, what's your mood that day? And that will affect how you appreciate something. And, you know, unfortunately for filmmakers, especially first-time directors who put a movie out, the reviews will make or break that movie. And a huge reviewer that's really well-respected might have a shitty day that morning and wake up and go watch this movie and say, like, fuck, and just rip it apart. And that will affect... So there's a lot of power there. And it's, it's hard. I've seen friends go through it, man. And it's, it's um, kind of heartbreaking in a way where you see a really nice film just get really... Just, the, 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 just get put through the ringer. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just how it is. But uh... It's how it is, man. Yeah, it's, the, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's brutal. It's a brutal business. And yeah. I haven't taken on that myself as a director. I've never directed. It's daunting. I have a tremendous amount of respect for, for actors or, or who decide to direct or who, anyone who decides to kind of put their name on something and for the first time and get it out there to the masses because it's going to get nailed by some people. And you can't please everybody. No matter what, just take it as is. But uh, why don't you go ahead and plug in anything that you want to share right now? Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, so I'm looking forward to, uh, uh, to the release of The Last night. Hopefully it will be out um, maybe... Uh, Hopefully by summer. I'm not sure the exact dates, but it's uh, Kaz Kiria. He's an excellent director. Clive Owen, uh, Morgan Freeman, excellent. Some great supporting actors from all over the world, actually. It's a really eclectic cast. We have Italian, Iran, you know, British, New Zealand, American. I mean, actors from all over the place. And it's uh, a really fun action-adventure movie set in sort of a fictitious, like, 17th century landscape, European, and uh, a tale of redemption and typical kind of morality tale it's going to be i think it's going to be a lot of fun so hopefully you guys out there will enjoy it when it comes out and there you have it is james babson actor 